Welcome to 90% Mental, I'm your host Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 47th episode. As a mental performance coach, I get the honor to work with athletes to enhance their mental game and unlock their full potential. And the reason why I created 90% Mental was to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can share their stories and perspectives. So today, I have an awesome guest on my show, and I can't wait to share his story with you. His name is Corey Withrow. He's a former NFL center who played at the professional level for over 10 years for the Minnesota Vikings, San Diego Chargers, and the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to share with you his story being a professional athlete, but he's going to give you two sides. He's going to share what it takes mentally to compete in the trenches, but he's also going to share with you his story about the early stages of experiencing CTE, which is the concussion disease. And considering the stories you've heard about athletes that are dealing with this disease, Corey sheds a more positive light about living with CTE, having no regrets playing football, having no animosity towards the NFL. So this story is, is more about an athlete who accepts the permanent effects that this sport can leave on an athlete's body, but he's committed to an attitude. He's committed to having a better attitude, a positive attitude, and living life to its fullest and being a great husband and a great father to his kids. So again, I can't wait for you to listen to his story and hear how he's dealing with this disease. So let's go talk to Corey. Hey, Corey, how are you? Hey, good, Grant. Thank you so much uh, for having me today. You bet. I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about not only your mindset when you played you know, 11 years at the NFL level or at the NFL level as a center. But more importantly, I want to talk about something that's really serious, not only in the game of football, but in sports, and that is concussions and CTE. And I know that you're going through symptoms and you're going through testing right now. And I want to thank you for being upfront and vulnerable, sharing your story on what you're going through currently with CTE, but just kind of sharing the story of what it's like to be a center at the NFL level. Yeah, for sure. You know, again, I'm just super, uh, super grateful to be on on your show. And uh, like I said, I've been listening to it, and it's really, it's, it's, it's got so much power. And I, I think in in influencing young people or anybody in in whatever they're going through in life, that there's always um, circumstances don't can't dictate, you know, what what's going the outcome's going to be. And I think that that it's amazing. So thanks for having me on and. Looking forward to uh, just kind of shedding some light, just personally. I mean, I, I'm not an expert, but <clears throat> I can share some insight for sure. Beautiful. You know, my favorite question, which is um, I can't wait to hear your answer, because the position that you played for 11 years, and even longer because you played at Washington State as well and in high school, but being a center, you have to be mentally tough for sure. So what does mentally tough mean to you? You know, that's, it's such a great question, um, and I just think that mentally tough means a couple things. One, in, if if you're not okay with getting knocked back down, knocked down, uh, you're never going to get up. And I think being mentally tough is that, that I, I learned very early on the game is that everybody gets knocked down. How soon and how quick and what sort of resolve are you going to get back up with? And I think that it just kind of pairs with life and, and, and sometimes we let circumstances dictate our outcome. And I think that how we, how we look at those circumstances as an opportunity or are we a victim? I think that that really, that, that challenges us mentally more than it does anything else. And I think that that, that breeds toughness. Big time, big time. Well, you know, with all the years that you played, you know, whether if it was in college 
or at the professional level, was there a moment where you can go back and share where you had to be mentally tough? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, I, I, I um, y- you know, a couple, a couple of them, but, you know, in college, my first one that I can remember is I came in to, uh, at Washington State University in 1993. We had, like, the number – we were ranked in the top ten at least on defense, and I came in as a walk-on uh, center, and I've never played that position before. And so I'm, I'm dealing with this defense, and, 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 and I'm a little bit undersized. I was undersized my whole career, and coming in as a freshman weighing 240 pounds, playing center against <laughs> – Wow. This 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 defense. Um, uh, I got knocked down, like physically got knocked down a ton, and I remember um, getting knocked down one day because you know I was you know I was a walk on. I was the Rudy. I would I was the okay. Listen, we're gonna learn how to dominate people, and we're gonna try and use you to do it. And so, you know, you'd always be put in situations that you were supposed to lose. And so, I remember one time we we're doing like this goal line deal down. And and working on the scout team and and coming from a pretty a pretty decent high school career and and just getting the absolute shit knocked out of me and and laying on the ground and thinking I don't this is not for me I'm not getting back up this, that heck with this and uh, I remember uh, kind of getting up to my knees and one of one of my teammates Chris Hayes he played in the NFL for about seven eight years and. Uh, he grabbed my arm, and he was from the Indian Empire, and he was we, – we came culturally from a completely different background. He grabbed me and goes, get up, man, just one more time. you got to get up. And I was just like, wow, that's so crazy to, to think that this guy who doesn't know me, um, doesn't know how – you know, and I don't know him, and I can, I've got per- perceptions of him, and he has perceptions of me, but the fact that he could pick me up and say, okay, hey, listen, let's just, just dust yourself off. You're going to be just fine. And you know, just surrounding, and I think I've always been lucky to surround myself with people that have always been able to help me in that regard. And I think that, you know, I mean, any any time, any player, any athlete that's gone past high school, they'll they'll tell you if 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 they don't, they're lying to you that they've had help, whether it's mentorship or you know, I mean, what you do is is amazing to to mentor these these whatever you whenever you're athletes. I mean. It's it's invaluable. You can't put it. You can't put a price tag on it. And and I think that people that don't recognize that are they're they're fooling themselves a little bit to think that it's all about them. You know what I mean? Right. right. I've always just kind of surrounded myself with people that just been like, listen, we're just let's just go. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's 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 awesome to always have mentorship and also being a part of a team. But you know, being a quarterback, always being on the the other side of of the center or the back end of the center, I, I know the culture of being a part of an offense, and especially on the line, there's a there's a connectedness that is there, you know, between your guards and your tackles and even your tight ends. You guys got each other's back. And if you don't, then it's going to show definitely in play. But it's it's awesome that you shared that, sh- that story where someone got your back and helps you and aided you in that, in that moment to be mentally tough. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, when you think about... I mean, man, you played NFL for over a decade. What does it take to mentally deal with playing on the line at the NFL level and just grinding it out in the trenches? Like, what what kind of mindset do you have to have? Do you know what I think? That uh, you have to have you have to have an educated mindset, and I think that it's, it's sometimes it's it's a misperception that 
football players, and especially big guys, uh, are dumber than a box of hammers, and they're just they're good <laughs> at, at you know certain things. And <clears throat> you know, for me, being a perennial backup my whole my whole career in the NFL, they only keep seven or eight linemen. They might dress. I mean, they might keep ten, but they're only going to dress eight. So you never ever know. Wow. When it's going to happen, some might cramp up. Some might, you know, get an ankle rolled on. They might get their feet stepped on. They might get a stinger, and 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 you're up. And so I think the mindset is is the game is awesome. But if you're not preparing the seven days before that game, you're going to go in there, and and there's no way the game moves way too fast for you to be ready to 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 perform and to help out, to be to be helpful and and to fit into something like you said. And also an offensive line that's cohesive, you can tell because everything just clicks. Mm. Um, I mean, not to say that there's not mistakes, but things click all, all the time. And you see offenses that run at a super high level. Like if you look at Philly's offense, they've been together a long time. Uh, they've got a super smart center. And, and we were like that in San Diego when, when I was here with Nick Hardwick and that offensive line. Those guys, we were all kind of the same age, and they're super cohesive. And it's really, you know, a, an offensive line – a offensive line coach is probably <laughs> the craziest person yeah. in the whole room because he's got to deal with like grown big kids that right. are knuckleheads and they, they fight like brothers and they try to eat as many donuts as they can in five <laughs> minutes. And, and I mean, that's just the kind of the mindset also is that, that we, we have a ton of fun getting to do what we get to do. You, I mean, there are times where you're running at someone, you know, it's going to hurt, but all you can do is grit your teeth and kind of smile through the grit and be like, Holy smokes, this is going to feel horrible tomorrow, but we're just going to go ahead and just bang heads. And, um, you know, but, but coming at every, every situation prepared, I think is the mindset you have to have. That's the mindset I had to have because I wasn't big and I wasn't uh, strong as as most guys. I wasn't super athletic, but I could really, really break down film, and I knew. I always try to stay one step ahead for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, I love the the whole topic of the next man up, and it seems like you were in that position your whole career. You know, and you played 105 games and started in 17 games uh, through the 11 years that you played. But how do you, as a, as a backup, mentally? I mean, I love it that you're you're. You're dedicated by watching film, getting yourself prepared. But how do you get yourself mentally prepared throughout the week? And then on the day of the game, are you always telling yourself, be ready, be ready, I, this could be my time? Or you just are you relaxed and just kind of waiting for that moment? Like, to walk me through that a little bit. No, I think, I think that my mindset, I mean, even during the week when I'd get my limited reps or I'd get my reps to, um, to give, give the starters a break or whatever, my mindset would always be ready. I'm going in there to play. Like I'm going, I'm I'm going to play today. I will play today, and I'm going to be ready. And it's going to be so much fun. And I'm going to fly around, and <laughs> I'm going to be sharp. And I'm going to my snaps are going to be good. And and so there's no, there was no. Oh gosh, I hope I don't go in. I mean, it was. I, I mean, first of all, if that's your mindset with anything, you, you may be a little bit in trouble. But um, <laughs> I was just, I was a hundred percent. I would prepare like I was going to play every 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 game, and so you would, you know. I think my best example of that is in 2000. I think I can't remember 2002 or 2003. Matt Burke's got a high ankle sprain in Minnesota. We we're in Minnesota, and and he had just made his second or third Pro Bowl. Uh, and we are we are a pretty good offense, and we are a pretty good offensive line. We had a real tight tight knit group, and 
just super blue collar all the line and he had a high ankle sprain and it really really bothered him so he was he was smart about it and he missed you know with the the game that he got the ankle sprain and then i i think i had four starts in a row maybe five and and it was middle season and we went uh, yeah i think it was it was it was five starts because we went four and one during that thing or during the time he was out and we were talking about he's like oh man you know it's a bummer i'm not gonna make the pro bowl this year and I was like, "Bud, you're going to make the Pro Bowl this year. You're you're you're, you're the best center in the NFL. You're going to make the Pro Bowl." And he's like, "Ah, yes, I don't know." I said, "Hey, here's the deal. If you make the Pro Bowl this year, you have to take me." And he's like, "Done. I'll take you. I'm like, there's no way I missed too much football." Well, anyway, and I kind of told you this story when we first talked. I um, he ended up making the Pro Bowl, and wow. it, it, and it has nothing to do with. It just has everything to do with I prepared myself to fit in that offensive, to fit in the offensive game plan and the offensive line. And so um, when teams or other players or people who are voting, they didn't see a huge drop-off, they're like, oh, Matt must be in there. I mean, like, no one really cares the center. There's a big, chubby white guy in the middle. That's probably Matt. <laughs> and let's take him to the Pro Bowl anyway. And so it, I, I really could hang my hat on that because not that I was playing at his level, but I was prepared enough. To not that for anyone to notice a, a huge drop off, and I think that 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 was always my mindset. Beautiful man, I love hearing that. And one thing that stuck out to me, especially being a mental performance coach, is when you said that you were you were always ready and you wanted to get in there, fly around, and have fun. And I think there's a lot of times, especially at the level of, at the NFL level, you know, it gets so competitive that people forget about having fun. And, and especially when someone is on the bench for a long time, it's kind of hard to have fun, especially when you're having, you know, m- minimal reps during practice. So to me, like, it's music to my ears to hear someone like, I can't wait to have fun. So that's, and I think there's a, that's a, there's a lesson for a lot of my listeners to embrace that and, and to embrace that, that mindset. So that's awesome to hear that. Now, the, the change to more of a serious note, which I think is a, uh, it's really a focal point right now within the NFL, and I think throughout the world of sports, is concussions and, and CTE. We all know that football is probably the most violent sport out there, and you know the biggest concerns right now is safety. But right now, you're going through some symptoms. Can you share with me a little bit kind of what you're going through with regards to CTE? Yeah, sure. CTE is just kind of a crazy thing, right? And it's it's gotten a ton of um, it's gotten a ton of press lately. You know, they made a movie about it. They they've gotten a ton of press, and I, and I've never been Grant. I've never been that guy that drinks the Kool Aid. And so when all this stuff was coming out, I'm like, man, these people, you know, that are that are claiming this kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure I'm sure that there's da- there's definitely damage because we would always have the same. You know, the day of training camp, we go go out to practice and be like, okay, guys, this is the best you're going to feel for the next six months, so enjoy it. And, uh, and we knew that, and we'd always call it, in our in our offensive line room, is like, okay, we're about to live in this state of concussion for the next six months because we, we were banging so much that it, you just always had a headache and you always felt foggy and you always felt a little bit groggy and you, and, and, um, but it was it was normal, and it was it you kind of wore that kind of stuff with a badge of honor, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, I just got dung. I mean, someone just dinged my bell really good, and I'm like, wow, that was awesome, you know, just like <laughs> knucklehead stuff. And 
Um, I mean, I I was you know I like I did I was up at this at this appointment. You know, the, the NFL has an amazing program called the Trust, and they they really want to make sure that they take care of of the former players. And I was up in in um, Orange County this this past week doing just some some testing, some brain testing, some um, neuro, neurological testing, some psych, psychologist testing, you know, all, all this stuff, you know, what's going on, that MRI in my brain and, and all this stuff. And, and you know, CTE, people are like, oh, you've got symptoms of CTE, but nobody knows, right? Nobody knows until you pass away and they open up your brain. And they're like, oh, my gosh, look at this. You know, I watched a special. I, at the, the, the quarterback from Washington State University, they, they, they did an autopsy on him. Yeah. As a backup quarterback, as a sophomore, I mean, he's a 19, 20-year-old kid, and the Mayo Clinic said he had a brain of a 65-year-old, and and he's a, he's a quarterback, so he's probably getting hit a couple times real good, but he doesn't do that constant like grinding. I mean, I'm sure he probably took some. I mean, you quarterbacks take <laughs> shots. And, we do, and uh, it's not that's not super pleasant, and so. But but upon here, I, I heard that story as I was going into my appointment, and my thought was like, "Holy crap! What? I'm 43 years old, and I I put a helmet on for 22 years. I want to see what I want to know what my brain's going to look like. Can someone please tell me that? But you know, you can't you can't tell. And so, you know, it's it's crazy, and, and we joke around a lot about it. And I guess it's just a coping mechanism for me, for sure. As I joke around a lot about it, and people are like, "How you doing?" and how you feel, and I'm like, well, shoot, another two or three years, I'll be able to hide my own Easter eggs because I won't know where I put them, you know, in 30 minutes, and so I'll just go try to find them. It'll be fun. I don't need anyone to hide my own Easter eggs, and and uh, it's it's a joke, but it's it's something that is uh, it's getting more serious, and it's not that funny to me anymore. As I uh, I'll go to the grocery store, or or you know, I'll go do a, a cafe run, and um, in there for 45 minutes I come out I'm like where first of all where the heck am I and where's my car and it takes me it's it's one of those things where it's just like a split second you're like where am I I'm like oh my gosh I know and then I got to think of that where that park wow. and but I can say it's getting worse and I can say that you know that there's that I, I have these bouts of paranoia that I'm like that dude just tried to steal from me and are my employees you know and uh, what's my wife doing right now? And, and, and so it, what, what ends up happening is it puts a ton of strain on my relationships. What are my kids doing right now? Are they out where they should be? Let me check. Let me call in on them. Let me check. And, and, and this, the distrust and everything that, that have never been there, and that's where I say I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker until I start having these. And I don't read. I, I honestly don't read anything about it. I'm too busy to read up on it, to watch the movies, to know. But I just know what I'm feeling sometimes. And and it's um, it's crazy to wake up still after my last year was 2009. I still wake up with a headache. Wow. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be excited when this is gone. Or if I put, the, or if I drink a glass, if I I can drink, Grant, I can drink a glass of wine, or I can drink the two bottles of wine. I'm going to wake up feeling the exact same, feeling that same hungoverness. Wow. And so. You know, as you cope with kind of stuff like that, it, it does it wears on you a little bit. But it's it's also this the the mindset that we kind of talk about is like it's a circumstance that I can't control. I, I have no you know the damage is done. What can I do to to mitigate it? What can I do to minimize it? 
and it's it's eating right, it's it's getting sleep, and it's just you know as I, as I was learning uh, just all these things this this last week from all these amazing doctors and these is that listen we can't like why worry about what's like going to happen you're going to be fine here's what we're going to do to make you okay and so it was really really refreshing for me to hear that you know there's not not so much a light at the end of the tunnel but it's not all doom and gloom and 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 i don't have that personality anyway i don't have the and i think that that's what you you know you made this point of you know i get to go out and have fun i mean i took every day and i still do with like a ton of gratitude and I think if you have that kind of mindset of like I'm grateful, it's hard to not have fun. It's hard to not like to put stuff in perspective where you're just like, man, I, I laugh at it sometimes, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, let's let's look at this with some perspective. And people are like, oh yeah, well, I guess not that bad. So, um, you know, it's 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 real. I think um, obviously with all the the amazing people that we've lost, you know, in in taking their lives and and you know, just not wanting to deal with it anymore. It's it's a real, real life thing. I, I don't think it's a death sentence, and I don't think that it's, um, you know, when you do something that you love for as long as you do it, you can't be anything but grateful. And and if you take your take your eye off, oh my gosh, I can't believe the NFL didn't protect me. Well, can you believe that you got an opportunity to play in the NFL? Do you know how many people want to do what you're doing? And so it's it's just really kind of a, that that how are you going to perceive what what you're going through really and that's and that's kind of it you know right well yeah there's always that discussion you know you know did the NFL have the best interest of the players but at the end of the day even as as quarterbacks I don't care if you're a punter or a kicker you, you signed up you signed up for this. When you play a violent sport, there are some incredible things you experience as far as building your character and and working within the team and winning and all that stuff and learning how to lose, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's also a trade-off. There's you know because it is violent, there's some things that you'll have to deal with. And you know, me I played. I only played 13 years, but it's it's funny when you talk about you know Tyler Halinski, the quarterback that that passed away at Washington State having his brain being at, you know, his brain looked like a 65-year-old man. Well, when I was 36 and I had my very first hip replacement from football, and I've had two of them, I mean, the the doctor told me your hip looked like an, looked like an 85-year-old man. So, yeah. you know, and I don't want to discourage people from the game because the game is beautiful. It's, it is violent, but it's it's I love it. But it's funny how certain things can, you know, when you play this game, it can age you. You know, whether if it is your joints, whether if it is your brain, and those are serious things. So we have to, you know, we have to make sure we're, we're making the right decisions when we're playing this this game, this violent game. But it's this is the, the other side of, of football, right? And football is just a beautiful game, but there's there's the the dark side of it. You know, depending if you want to call it dark side or not. But I love your perspective. I love how you're just you're not letting it get you down. I love it that you're coming from gratitude. That is incredible. You know, and when you have a lot of these, I mean, there's over 5,000 people that have come out within the NFL that have CTE. And when you hear about some of the people that have taken their lives, like Junior Seau and Dave Dewerson, and there's been a long list behind that. Does it scare you at all when you start to see people take their lives and people that that are getting ALS because of CTE? Um no, it doesn't scare me. Just because, I mean, uh, honestly, I could leave 
uh, we could leave this meeting and I could walk out and, and get smashed by the sparklets driver. You know what I mean? So I'm not – it scare me. Um, <clears throat> and and I think that in, in, in those cases, the one thing that everybody had in common was they definitely had CTE, but we don't know. You know, I mean, Junior being down here in San Diego, I mean, we don't know what other other things that he was dealing with that, you know, that probably he didn't have the bandwidth to deal with the other stuff, probably because of the damage he's done to to his brain. And I just it does it doesn't it doesn't worry me at all because it's just that's something I I can't control it. I mean, I can't control I can control my attitude, and if I can control my attitude, then I'm I shouldn't be afraid of bouts of depression that I've dealt with or bouts of anxiety that I've had to deal with because I know that my inner person is not like is is not that weak minded and so now I'm like, Well, why do I feel this way? And, and I was like, Okay, here's a situation. This is probably why you feel this way, but it's gonna be okay, right? It's gonna be just fine and, and so you know, I mean, it's it's interesting to to have these, you know, and 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 just to be super raw and real, like to to get these diagnoses this week of like, oh, you know, you have you you're clinically depressed. I'm like, who are you telling? I don't. You're telling the wrong. You must be in the wrong results because I am. I, you're not. I'm too prideful. Right. And you know, sometimes the pride is can work, you know, for us, and sometimes it doesn't do any. Most of the time, it doesn't work for us. But um, to to hear that and be like, okay. I, uh, I've been in a situation here that I need to figure it out. And so the awareness, I think the same awareness that I played the game with, the same awareness that I, I, I parent with is this is the same awareness I've got to be, I got to check myself with like, okay, hold on dude, listen, your bandwidth is not awesome right now. You either need to rest or go sweat or go do something else because it's not, it's not good. So, you know, that's, that's about it. Can you recall how many concussions you've had throughout your career? <laughs> uh, you know what? I know that um, <laughs> I probably, you know, and I've mastered, you know, being a backup, what do you do? You, you have to set the wedge, especially a backup offensive lineman. You're going to set the wedge. So I set the wedge uh, in basically 16 games a year. And, and back when, you know, you could get the running start and the kickoff a little bit deeper, and that was kind of a fun, exciting thing is a kickoff return. And, oh, can you, can you get it out of the end zone? And, I think I mastered the standing eight count where I would come down and, you know, I was a, the focal point of the wedge and there were people on the football field called wedge busters and their job was to go down and destroy the guy in the middle. And so I was like the dude with the target on his chest, right? And so, I mean, I kind of mastered at the end of my career, like in San Diego, that I would get hit, but I would grab, my hands were pretty quick and so I would grab the inner part of the guy who hit me shoulder pads as we hit heads and I'd like standing eight count, like, punch drunk and I'd hold my hands would lock on their shoulder pads and they couldn't get me off and so but I'd be I'd be a little bit unconscious so I, I mean it's not like I was trying to hold on I'm just like trying to stand up and but I got knocked out probably four or five times to sleep where they'd come out and, you know back in the day they'd bring the smelling salts out and you'd go back on the field and uh you play and wow um it's no big deal and Oh, doctor say, oh, just call me if you get if you if you feel nauseous, and then we'll see you practice on Monday or Sunday or whenever whenever you would you would play. And so, um, and that was kind of it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if just because I got knocked out or had my standing eight counts almost every game is that did I get concussed? I don't I don't know. I don't. I know that 
I woke up every every next day feeling super foggy and had a headache that I still kind of work we would deal with today. So I don't know how many. I mean, multiple, multiple concussions. Did the headache become too much where you you thought about maybe quitting the game? Um, I don't know. No, I knew that when my athletic ability started slowing down and I knew what, you know, kind of my gifts were and my role was, and I knew once that that started to diminish, I knew that that's probably when I wanted to get out. And But the headaches never, no. I mean, it would just be, you know, four to six Advil in the morning, and here we go. And, and you know, you take something a little stronger than that before the games, and, um, and uh, you just do it. But I never, I never once thought, oh my gosh, my physical, my physical being is going to keep me, like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I've got an owie, and and you know, I was always the guy. You know, you talk about I only had 17 starts in 10 years, and and I was always the bubble guy. You know, I mean, I was like, okay, do we need to keep, we need to keep Corey on the team, and we need to get down to 53. If we keep Corey, can anyone else play backup center and maybe play guard in an emergency? No. He's probably our best option. Okay, we'll we'll make him number fifty-two or number fifty. You know, <laughs> wow. so it, it, I knew that. So we just always had a saying: is that you never could make the club in the tub. And so even if you did have a headache, or even if you did have an owie, or even if you 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 didn't dare mention it, you didn't dare even talk about it because I didn't. I wanted to keep doing. I was living out my dream. I was getting to do what I wanted to do. So absolutely not. When you when you think of CTE, you know, what they're finding in research is that, I mean, again, you can be a quarterback and have CTE, but they're finding it more in offensive and defensive linemen, even linebackers and defensive ends. But due to the, the nature of, of short bursts of consistent hitting, and when you think about the rest of your line, the, the, the guys that you played in college, also at the professional level, have you talked to them? Like, what are are they going through the same symptoms? Has there been anybody you played with that is, they feel fine, they don't get headaches, no memory loss, or is it pretty consistent with most of the people you played with? Um, you know, it's funny. We don't. It's really not talked about, to be honest with you, Grant. I mean, we talk about how we feel, you know, getting up, and I think everybody I talk about says that you know they, they kind of do a system check in the morning, right? Ankles, okay, they're working. Knees, yeah, they're sore. Okay, hips. They suck, um, shoulder, you know, and so as you do that, getting out of bed, you know, you kind of swing your legs out, and then you put your feet on the ground, and you kind of wiggle around, and I mean, we, we, it's funny to hear those kind of stories, or, you know, I mean, it's, and, and there are, those are the things that we kind of talk about, you know, or my back hurts so bad, I have to roll out of bed, and then get up to my knees, and then I have to stand up, and, but, but we, you know, to be honest with you, and I don't know if it's still just kind of this taboo thing to even talk about, but we don't, Nobody really wants to say, "Oh, hey, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling depressed, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't feel good, and I don't feel right in the head." And um, so it's not, it's not a, it's not certain. It's just not something we, we've ever. I, I can, I can't remember one conversation about. Uh, maybe we maybe had the the hide the Easter egg, you know, comment, but it's been. Uh, it hasn't. It's not. A, it's not a, a topic that we talk about up front for sure. Got it. Got it. Do you think the NFL right now is? Do you think they're doing a good job as far as providing information and education on CTE? 
Yeah, I think, I, th- I mean, I think so. I think it's really hard when, and kind of like you said, it's, do they really deep down, it's a business to them and do they really give, do they really give a shit if, if someone could, because there's 4,200 other guys that could do exactly what you do and not complain about it. And so, um, it's it's one of those things where you know are they doing what they need to do or are they doing it because oh my gosh this is a fraternity because if you talk to the players and players are all you know um, there I could go somewhere and, and play it against someone and be like hey how you doing and and the conversation's fine but it's um, there's that kind of fraternal deal but I don't you know I don't know if the league is 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 doing enough or not to be honest with you I think that they've done a ton with uh, the practice schedules, um, the contact during practice, the contact during the week, um, even the game. I mean, with the kickoff, kickoff return stuff is kind of a, 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 you know, they've changed that a ton. So I think that they're trying to, you know, eliminate the the constant pound, 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 pound. Okay, we got to work more, we got to work harder and not smarter. I think that they're working a lot smarter for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the change of culture has changed the culture at all levels. Um, I know a lot of programs where they just you don't hit at all during the week, and you just got you got to get prepared. I mean, you definitely you have tackling drills from for form and technique, but you're not necessarily putting in the pads and going full bore and, and and hitting somebody throughout the week. But you have to be prepared when you play on Friday night or Saturday night um, or Saturday day um, at the the high school and college level, but. I, I agree with you. I think the NFL has changed the culture in a good way um, because, you know, football, you know, you take a pounding. And if you're taking a pounding every single day during practice and then you have to go play a game and then really pound somebody, that's a lot of wear and tear. So that's definitely a good point. Now, you talked about you have kids, right? Yeah. Do you have do you have any sons that are that want to play football or or are playing football? Yeah, I do. I've got a high school uh, son right now playing football, and um, my other high school son plays lacrosse. And so, but um, I, I coached last year. I was I was an offensive line coach last year for for our high school, and um, and he plays. Yeah. As a parent, and also going through this, going having CTE and, and playing the years you did with football. What kind of conversations did you have with your son before playing the game, and and are you still concerned on just kind of his safety playing the game? I don't, you know, that's it's such a great question because you know it's like this cost-benefit analysis type thing that you do, and I think, and you kind of talked about how beautiful the game is and how how much you can learn uh, from 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 a game, um, and I think that that benefit outweighs the cost of. Uh, and, and and they've done such a good time. And I had a hard time, Grant, to be honest with you, at practice sometimes, because we couldn't hit. And and as an offensive line, if you can't play full speed, you, it's it's a timing thing. And that's and it's like, oh, how's a running back going to know when he's going to cut? And as I, as I'm looking at the game, <laughs> as as this with this NFL mind, I'm like, these kids are from high. He's going to cut when there's nobody going to in his way. And but as I'm looking at this, like they got to go, they got to pound, they got to bang, and and that's not the culture. And, and so you have to be able to get the most out of, out of those kind of practices. And, and they do a really good job in, in our, in our school district of keeping the kids as safe as they possibly can. And so, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I think that 
the mindset is that we just go as hard as we can. And I mean, that's kind of what, like, we don't know any other way. So I just, you know, we're going to go as hard as we can, as safe as we can, and then, and let the chips fall. But I think that the benefits of the game outweigh the cost of getting dinged up. And and it's not, you know, how I many is he going to go and play college football? I don't. He doesn't have a desire to. He probably could. He doesn't have a desire. Um, but I think that that's the next level where we would have a conversation of, oh, geez, okay, now, I don't, I don't know. You're in a position where you have to really protect yourself, and so the equipment's better. They're doing a better job, like you said. I mean, the, just the protocols that they put in high school and college now—it's it's, it's way better. Way better. I mean, I coached uh, the last couple of years. I coached at Sarah High School in San Mateo, and they—I think there's a lot of schools that are adopting this, but they have these school caps that they look like like the old leather helmets back in yeah. the day. But they're uh, but they're they're foam little nodules around this little cap, and you put that over your head, and then you put the the helmet over it, wow. and each cap is is assigned by a number, which that number if 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 there's any detection of maybe a concussion, there's a signal that goes to the trainer that's on site. She has a little a little technology square that's sitting on the side of her her belt, and it alarms her and says fourteen or twenty eight. And so she knows all the numbers of, of the school cap. So she goes to number 14 and she pulls them out of practice, checks the eyes as like a full-on test. And maybe it might not be a concussion, but that's kind of what they're doing right now, at least at the high school level, to make sure that they're taking care of the, these athletes' minds. Mm. That's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. It's expensive stuff, but it's pretty cool stuff. I can imagine. Right? <laughs> but if you could do it all over again. And and if you knew what was going to happen to your mind, would you still play football? Uh, and that is a great question. And I think that um, I can answer it without a doubt. I think that um, uh, I've learned so much that I've taken away from my life uh, that I can that I can put back into anything I do that I, I want to be successful at. I think the work ethic. I think that the drive, the teamwork. The dealing with with controversy, the dealing with adversity, the dealing with conflict, the being able to think on the move, to being able to slow life. Like it's one thing that I that I feel like to be able to slow life down. Like you can slow the game down, and you hear about people that talk about it. And I really would study enough that I could slow the game down in my mind. And if if I can do that, if I can if I can translate that skill to my life, we have seven kids. We own two cafes we have my wife's got an accounting company and all of our kids are super active and so sometimes life is goes a million miles an hour but if i if i can still be able to be like okay checklist time this is what has to get done oh gosh the wheel's going to blitz the safety roll over the top i got this (laughs) we're going to open the protection and we're going to slide the back out the other way i mean and so if i can if i can do that Again, I don't. I think that there's more value in that than than dealing with something that maybe it, it shouldn't be. But at times you wear with a badge of honor. You're like, oh my gosh, I got the opportunity. I was blessed enough to have an opportunity to do this for as long as I could, as long as I did. So I absolutely would. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you for that. Now you talked about your business now, which is King's Craft Coffee. Now life after football. Tell me a little bit about your coffee company and. And how can my listeners either buy your coffee or check you out on, on online? 
Yeah, man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so uh, we started our coffee, our cafe. We opened up brick and mortar um, September 2016 down here in Poway, California. We opened our second one up uh, in San Diego, um, and we're about to open our third one in, in San Diego, too. And so, you know, you could follow us on all of our social media, you know, at Kingscraft Coffee, Kingscraft Coffee on Twitter, our website's thekingscraft.com, and we sell coffee online. I do all the roasting. I've learned the skill to, and it's one of those things where I want to be the best at it. So how can I be the best roaster? How can I? How can we create an atmosphere that's the best atmosphere possible for our customers to come in and have an experience that they've never had before? And you know, we are in this third wave coffee business, and I, I've just always kind of wanted to be in it, and and we're we're doing it now, and so it's really. It's a ton of fun. We got great people working for us, and you know we're looking to to kind of grow and and just be a service to to people who who want really really good craft coffee pretty quick and and or want the experience to come in and hang out with us. That's great. You know I've had a fair amount of athletes at the professional level on my show. And we always talk about you know either the transition from you know being an athlete into being an entrepreneur or just talking about life after football. And it's so it's it's something that I'm just picking up right now, but I would say almost every person that had been that's played at the professional level that is now an entrepreneur, as soon as they as soon as they asked a question, hey, share with me about your company or share share with me about your idea, there's a spark. There's an energy that like lifts up. And it's it's really cool because you talk about some of these or you hear about some of these these stories of people that have a hard time with the transition of leaving sport and you know dealing with identity issues or not having the finances, whatever it is. But the people that have taken care of themselves financially and have probably positioned themselves with the right people to do certain things like what you're doing, uh, Drew Bledsoe, what he's doing. Um, it's just every yeah. time I've asked that question, it's really neat to hear the energy behind the excitement of, of their company. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I just, it's its one of those things that it took me a minute to find it. You know, I got in the corporate world and I just knew it wasn't for me. And I knew that I uh, wanted to be in an industry where I could just affect people in a positive manner. And so, and it just kind of, you know, I grew up in Washington and this coffee has always just been kind of part of my culture and, and just to really hone in. And it's just been, it's been a kick in the pants, man. It's been, you know, you, it's a long, it's a, it's as we say in the coffee business, it's a grind. <laughs> See what I, did? I mean, so stupid. Sorry, I've got kids. I'm a dad. I'm doing dad jokes. Hey, it was a layup, right? <laughs> you totally layup. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you know, and, and even seeing what Drew's doing with his wine, and and uh, it's it's so so neat to see, and it's. You know, when you find something that even the bad days are, are, you can find something good out of them. So we we love it. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, Corey, I want to thank you for for everything today. I mean, for you to, to share your story as an athlete, but to share, you know, just being vulnerable of what you're going through with CTE. I think that your story and what you're going through, you're, you're actually spreading and sharing more of a positive light on how to deal with this. There's... And I know there's more darker situations out there and people are having a hard time dealing with their, their, their CTE situation. But um, it's, it's, it's really nice to hear somebody to, um, that has the perspective like you do with regards to dealing with this. So I, I hope my listeners get a lot of value of hearing a professional that played for so long in the league 
and to hear how you're dealing with this this serious matter. So thank you so much. Yes, uh, Grant. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a hoot. It's been great to to get to know you too, and just kind of your your vision and your passion has been just awesome to kind of just follow a little bit and so and, and continue to follow it and what you're, what you're doing is so awesome and so thank you man thank you so much 